How do you measure yourself with other golfers? By height. It's a very, very special honor. I'm Paula Creamer, and you're listening. Well, we're waiting. Hi, this is Martin Cove, a.k.a. John Kreese from Cobra Kai, and you're listening to Golf Talk Live. Let the word go out from here across the land. Let Daddy Noonan uh, approve. Hey, this is Shooter McGavin. You're listening to the 19th Hole Podcast. How do you like me now? Or no, wait a minute. That's not what he said. What did he say? What did he say, Handy? I don't even know. Anyway, you found Golf Talk Live. This is the 19th old podcast. I, I tried to be funny. I tried to copy Real, Will Zalatoris. I'm so pumped. I was the first guy to jump on the Will Zalatoris bandwagon and so deserving of that, that championship. And I'm joined. Oh, yeah. By the way, I'm joined with Bob Baldessari and Andy Hydorn rounding out her panel this week. I'm Alan DePew. I think I may even mention that. I'm just pumped, guys. I'm jacked up. I'm all jacked like, up. I'm all jacked up on Mountain Dew. I'm gonna come at you like a spider monkey. <laughs> it was like you teed off the first hole and just kept walking off. And Annie and I were looking at each other like, "You want to tee off next or me?" <laughs> we, we we get to head too, right? <laughs> He's halfway down one with his caddy. Yeah, but you got to admit, I'm gonna open. Well, obviously, we're opening the show. Well, it wasn't first on our show notes, but we're going to. How about it? I mean, seriously. Is there anybody more deserving than, than a PGA Tour victory? And the accolades are rolling in from everywhere. And I love the best one I saw on social, which is that's what you'll never get with Liv. Yeah, that's what that's what Azinger said on the telecast. Yep. Um, which, which was awesome. And, you know, I, I don't know if there's ever been a player who had quite the resume that Will Zalatoris had. I mean, like... He came way closer to winning three or four majors than he, you know. I mean, should should have had th- should have had three majors. Could or I should say could have had three majors already. Yeah, at this point. yeah. And I, I mean, I feel I feel so great for that kid. Um, first of all, he seems like a really really good person. Um, his head's in the right place, and and uh, he's an incredible player. And it's about time he won. Now, Bobby, I'm going to slow it down. I'm going to use the silky smooth sound effects of the Blue Yeti I'm talking into. Even Happy Gilmore, Adam Sandler, complimented him on Twitter. That's when you know you've arrived. You've you? arrived. Yeah. You, can't, you, you, can't go, you can't go any further than that. Yeah, you've elevated above the golf channel when you're going to Adam Sandler. So <laughs> I agree with Andy. It's... Uh, I mean, he's been so close. You look at his record, all these second place, second place, second place. You know the guy has game. Sometimes it just falls into place. I mean, what a really good player. And that was a little bit of a crazy playoff. But at the end of the day, I'm really glad he won. It was absolutely a crazy playoff. I mean, hippity-hoppity on the the rocks. But, I mean, um, back to Andy, to your point, I mean, the kid could have had three majors before before winning another tour event. I know that's it's crazy. I mean, well, I'm going to ask you. Here you go. I'm going to ask a question. I'm going to ask the question. Who is? Well, maybe not in the last year because he's 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 having some challenges. Who is the better ball striker, him or Morikawa? Who puts it on the center of the face in a dime better I than believe, those two? I believe the numbers are Zalatoris. I okay. believe they are. I, I like his swing. I like how he gets it at the top. I mean, you know, a lot, a lot of it is uh, 
you know, it could be minutia up there at that level there, but I just like his move. I've actually, I played Monday, first time in three months. So hey. I'm, I'm kind of golfed out right now, but um, <laughs> I, I was, I was sort of channeling my Willie Z move there and I, I hit it really well. Nice. It's amazing how that works, right? You get an image in your head and you can, you can let it play out, you know, through your arms and your clubs and, it may not last forever, but but you can definitely let that happen. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna give a shout out to actually Britt, who's one of our instructors at our uh, golf academy. I happened to be up there hitting some wedges like a couple of weeks ago, and you and I I'm standing there while he's talking about to to the juniors about where to you know get your chest over the ball, get your chest over the ball, and I'm like, huh. <laughs> that may actually work. You're eavesdropping and getting a lesson, <laughs> aren't you? I'm getting a lesson at the junior camp. <laughs> hey, there ain't, ain't nothing wrong with that. Using small words, talk slow, <laughs> give out candy. You'll be you great. Know, you know what? That's uh, th- that's definitely for me. I like the candy part. <laughs> candy and high fives. Candy and high fives. So, uh, Zalatoris, I guess the other thing we got to talk about from that uh, the week is obviously uh, Cam Smith. By the way, you notice I'm not going to dive deep into this whole thing because everybody watched it all on TV. But I do have to ask you a question because, you know, everybody's walking around with kit gloves. They don't want to talk about the fact that he dropped the ball. It rolled onto the line. It hadn't, he hadn't cleared the bunker. Played the ball from the wrong location, right? Please. I mean, if, if you're a tour professional and you don't know that rule i'm sorry yeah i have i have zero sympathy but but bobby you've been a rules official at a lot of things before i mean i I, don't don't call anybody out specifically because we don't want to get sued but there's a lot of tour players that don't know the rules the majority don't and i think it comes from at, at one point in time you know the rules you know the basics and then as you start playing in more tournaments and more prestigious tournaments, it has changed with rules officials all over the place at junior events at, I mean, even a, a section club event. So I think everybody starts to doubt themselves on, wait a minute, do I drop here, drop there? And yeah. they're playing for so much money that I think they all just, the most basic drop, the most basic lateral penalty area drop, they're calling in a rules official. I know they're playing for a lot of money, but it's, uh, you, you didn't see it on the tour uh, some years ago no and i think one of the other interesting dynamics too is that when they did all those rules changes in 2019 and i'm guilty too i think a lot of people second guess themselves because there were so many little rules that changed right and now you know you know what used to be a rule you don't know whether it's still a rule and andy i'm not, andy i'm not gonna lie to you i don't know half of them yeah, I well, don't. I know you dropped the ball at your knee now. I know that because I dropped the ball a lot. <laughs> You're an experienced ball dropper. You you caught that? Oh, and I can uh, I can set that thing up on a t- piece of grass like nobody's business. Hey, we all remember when they used to drop it over your shoulder, right? Of course, yeah. absolutely. Christian yeah. Christian would Christian would not remember that. Christian would not not know what. Not a chance. Just like he probably doesn't know what a blotta is. Yeah, yeah. I love that days over the shoulder. Oh yeah. Do the little spin move. Oh, absolutely. Well, I cannot deny confirm. <laughs> Throw it a little harder so it bounces down the hill so you get to place it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
I remember my dad telling me once I played in the, I think it was the Boston Globe, something, something at South Shore Country Club, Andy. I don't know if you remember that event. The Tournament of Champions? Yeah. yeah. I played one year and I, I can't remember the most basic rule thing, but I remember coming back to my dad's club and being mad and the stupid rules are stupid rules. And he just drilled into me. The rules are there to help you. If you know the rules, you play within the rules, but you have knowing all your options. Yes. And it took me a little bit of time, but I, I tell all the junior golfers I talk to, know the rules, just understand the rules. They're there to protect the field. But if you know them, you might have multiple, way more drop options than you realize certain situations and not be stuck with just, you, you might have A, B, C, D. Yeah, for example, the red penalty area rule where people don't know you can go to the other side of the red penalty area, right? Correct. Correct. Sometimes that's a, a huge advantage with the line and the lie and the obstruction and all that stuff. Absolutely. Yeah, it's uh, so what you're saying is we need to start posting rules videos out on our on our social media channel. I have plenty of rules video assets for us if we want to do that. Excellent. Well, yeah. here's the here's we the, here we here at Golf Talk Live in the 19th Old Podcast are trying to make everyone's experience on the golf course that much better. Absolutely. Well, here's here's the tricky part. Um, there's also a uh, a movement in America cut with Bob's rules that I have created and oh. it's, it's for new golfers to have success and confidence on the golf course. And as they success and confidence on the golf course, then they, they start to, they start to move into some, some USGA rules, but I have a very, very extremely extraordinarily strong passionate point of view that too many new golfers are tied to the supposed rules of golf, supposed this, I got to do this. I got to do that. You can play golf and take one club with you and pay money to play Allen's course and be in the golf ecosystem. You don't need 14 clubs. You don't need golf shoes. You don't need this and that. You don't have to play by the rules. I'll take somebody every day that plays better pace of play, comes in and eats a hamburger and drinks a beer. I've just seen so, – and I've been on the front lines of this. And um, So we play Bob's rules with new beginner golfers and maybe 30 days into their experience of golf – we start to not tee it up everywhere, but we tee it up everywhere because that's how people have fun and they move along. And so maybe another show we'll go, we'll go deep diving. That surprises me zero that you've gone there. Cause I think that's, I, how, it's a, that's how you approach the game and your part in promoting the game. And I think that's an awesome thing. Well, it's, it doesn't surprise me because Bob, we've known each other a long time and something I know I've said all along is the game lost its fun. Yeah. That that's, that's where it went away. I hate to, you know, we're actually going to have some, maybe some architects on here and I know they were just doing their job as directed by developers, but when they start building 7,400 yard par 71s, not even 72s, you know, and they're building these months, huge bunkers through, you know, $700,000 home real estate development golf courses, the beginning golfer, Who's your customer? Yeah, exactly. exactly. I find it interesting that the three of us or anybody listening would watch an NBA game and say, that looks like fun to go down the street and create their own rules and play quote unquote basketball. Anybody would go to a tennis, just knock it around. Anybody might go to a baseball field. Andy and I would lace it up and go play pond hockey and quote unquote play 
play hockey. People watch TV on the tour and go, oh, my God, I can't do that. I suck. And and then they go out and they try to play by these USGA rules. So for 30 years, I've gone against the grain with that. And I have beginner golfers that can go out after a few weeks and play ahead of scratch golfers pretty much. And they can move around the course. They play their specialties. They play the game of golf. And by the way, they pay green fees and they, they help the golf ecosystem. But isn't that the premise? Of, and I want to move on because, God, literally you just set one up on the tee for me right there on a segue. Um, a little transition action. But isn't that the whole premise? And we love the guys at Operation 36. Yeah, Matt and Ryan. Yeah. Isn't, that the, isn't that the whole premise? I mean, what they're doing, which is basically all they did is they took the European model, learned the game from the green out. Right. As opposed to, we like to stand up there. You know, we're we, we here in the states. We like to hit it hard. Oh, look how far I hit that one! <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go shoot me some golf. Right. Yep. No, they've done so, a great. So before you do your segue, Alan, I just want to throw a little teaser out there that. Ooh, um, teaser. We have a, a. Did you did you need the silky voice of the blue yeti for the teaser? <laughs> I, I I cannot match the. <laughs> Blue Yeti, but um, Gary Young from the PGA Tour has given us a uh, soft commitment to come on the show and uh, be a guest for us. So if if you all are interested in in uh, listening to what Gary has to say, Gary's the the chief rules guy on the PGA Tour now. So it, it'll be it'll be really yeah. interesting. Yeah, I want to turn the clock back to 1982 and ask why Craig Stadler got DQ'd for putting a towel down underneath a tree. Building a stance, Alan. I understand that. I understand that, but it's just wrong. Okay. You get no disagreements. We'll talk to Gary about that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, Bobby, watch how I'm going to do this. I'm going to connect some dots. You said that we could all watch an NBA game, but I'm going to tell you who said, I reportedly, I should say, will net would not even watch a would rather watch a WNBA game than watch a live golf tournament. Did you see that one? <laughs> Who said that? Reportedly, TW. Wow. In the players' meeting last night. Reportedly. It's on some social spots. I can't, I, I'm, I shouldn't even be repeating that because I can't validate it. But that statement serves multiple purposes. And I love it. <laughs> I would rather watch a WNBA. But you know what? I agree with him. If he said that, I actually agree with him. I'd watch a W. No, I don't want to watch WNBA, and I don't want to watch Liv. I've watched, I've watched WNBA, and if you like basketball, you appreciate what those girls are. But I think the major point is that I don't, I don't have any desire to watch exhibition golf. Yeah, and that's what it is. Yep. And that's all we got to say about that. Yep. <laughs> Thank we're going to we're going to we're going to go one show other than our reference with Cam Smith. We're not going to talk about Liv. There's too many other good things. We will talk about the PGA Tour players I've already touched on it in their meeting in retort to the Liv threat to what the tour is and I love it. That what are they calling them the uh the Wilmington 22? Yeah. The 11 guys that are originally at the J.P. McManus, as well as the uh, 11 more invitees, including 
Mr. Welcome People Off the Green, Ricky Fowler? <laughs> no, I think I think that's awesome. Um, I, I, I will say this. <clears throat> I've heard some murmurs about, you know, they're partly there to talk about what to do and partly there to maybe criticize Jay Monahan, which I hope is not true. Um, and you never know what's true or not. But Jay, Jay was not in the room. That has been reported. Yep. And a few of the players did report Jay was not in the room, but was made aware of some of the conversation, the talking points. Yep. And what, uh, what I'm hearing from some people down in Wilmington, which I'm not far away from, is uh, that they want to play against the better players in the world more. And obviously purses are important, but they want to preserve the, 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 and, and let's be, let's be honest. This is the reason Tiger, it was Jack and Ar it was Jack and Arnie's tour. Bob, you detailed how, when they broke away, but let's, let's call a spade a spade. This is Tiger's tour. This is, this isn't even shooter's tour. This is Tiger's tour. This is his legacy. This is what he created. And that's why Tiger Woods hopped in his private jet and flew up here. Yeah, I mean, you know, they, well, I mean, the tour's gone from like the Dean Beeman in 1974, 20 years later, he took him from station wagons to sort of the jet set. And now the Fincherman Tiger thing took him from jets to private jets and international play and un unbelievable purses. And um, yeah, it's without Tiger there, I don't think they're obviously in this spot. Um, so his legacy is, you know, that's, that's, he, he grew it like Jack and Arnie did. Andy? Yeah. No, for sure. For sure. And, you know, again, people, I, I'm an apologist for Jay Monahan and the PGA Tour. People tend to want to take digs at, at Jay and, and the PGA Tour. And I got to tell you, you know, if you look at all the things that have happened, on that tour over the last 20 years, even, you know, the advent of the World Golf Championships, um, the FedEx Cup, these are all things that put more money in the players' pockets. Um, so it, it's not like they've been complacent. It's not like they've sat back um, and, and done nothing. I think they've they've worked hard to to balance, you know, the needs of everybody and and they they keep growing the opportunity for the for the players. So I don't know if he was in the room. I can't confirm it. Um, but one of the other comments that I heard was they wanted to see a greater and quicker ascent from off of like the Corn Ferry Tour to to the Big Tour, even if that meant mid season. And let's let's be honest. Back back to the person we were initially talking about. That's the Will Zalatoris rule right there. You know, guy comes on last year and lights it up, earns his earns his stripes, so to speak, and kind of gets shafted on at the at the tour championship. Yeah, but those things are hard because you have yeah, but Andy's one of the most popular guys on tour right now. Everybody, yeah, I get it, but he's an ex he's a, a an exception, right? I mean, generally speaking, you have your set amount of players that are exempt for the year and have status for the year. And, you know, it, 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 it is what it is. You know, there are exceptions. 
You know, uh, one of the things that I heard was that they're considering um, giving a longer tour exemption for the players that make it to Atlanta every year. Um, so, for example, Will Zalatoris, now that he's, he's won, he's, he has his exemption. But, you know, Cam Young um, and, and Bob, you said there's a ton of rookies in Delaware. Or maybe you said that, Alan. Um, yeah. There's going to be a, a, a good amount of rookies that make it to, to uh, Atlanta. And I think it's not a bad idea at all to extend the exemptions for those players that make it to Atlanta. Well, we're talking about balada balls and balls been dropping over our shoulders. Do I? I'm going to really blow up the idea. Is there a world where like the rabbits come back, where the guys, different people, have a shot at making the tour? Like you limit the number of people. I, this flies completely in the face of live, which is big contracts, guarantee contracts, et cetera, et cetera. Does it change? I mean, the big complaint against this, the lower tours is there's not enough money to survive. What if they had more open doors that they could get into the tour events? That's the biggest load of bullshit. Those guys make money on the Corn Ferry Tour. They make money. Um, so it's not like they're starving. And there is a, an opportunity for, you know, open entries to... Yeah, but you're paying you're paying two, 275 you know, 152 for four spots. Yeah, I get it. I get it. That's That's the reality, so... Um, I I personally think that would be going backwards by limiting the number of exempt players, opening up to. Well, I know you you you're you're a advocate to actually reducing the tour schedule, which there's some merit to that, also. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This uh, yeah, I I mentioned to Andy that there's eight rookies this week in Wilmington, which hey, that's a I'm from Wilmington, Massachusetts, so I always like when I hear that Wilmington out there. Uh, <laughs> but so then I started to extrapolate going back. Eight rookies, you can you can really draw some sort of connect the dots backwards to probably the 1980s when the it's a it's a confluence of if you can follow me on this better instruction better instruction across the board that started to grow across the country, maybe with technology video. There were better junior golf tournaments. The AJGA started to blossom. The colleges started to have better events. This whole thing has started to, I've been watching this for years and years and pretty much a couple of decades and generation to generation. When we were younger, it was, you have to get on the tour and you don't win till your thirties. You have to learn to be on the tour. And it was this, you don't win till your thirties. And then, oh my God, some 25 year olds were winning in the 1990s and evolutionarily on the tour it's been getting younger and younger uh, tournament players Zalatoris is a great example the the instruction right now from three-year-olds and five-year-olds is is like it was for 18 year olds years ago they know how to instruct the nutrition on and on and on the tournaments these kids are playing in top top notch golf events they know how to win forget about they get comfortable on the tour with more people but it's still golf you're still going to bury the last hole. They've been there a while. I'm not surprised at all. Dude, uh, they're, 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 they have no fear. And I'll give you an example of that. Oh, I got um, some examples. You and fire away, this, Andy. I got this, may, this may be a too quick a segue for you, Alan. So oh, all right. All right. But back when I was young, 
it, you could qualify for US Amateur by shooting three or four over for 36 holes. Right. Yeah. You can get in. And now you can't get in if you don't shoot four or five under at a qualifier. I mean, they had they had a qualifier out here a couple of weeks ago at Champions Golf Club. You know, they've had US Opens, right? Oh, yeah. Champions. So it's a long, big golf course. It took six under to get in a playoff to get in. Six under. Go. Yeah. So, you know, Bob, your point is spot on. It's just not the same. There's there's so much more early development. Yeah. So on that note, we had a big junior event with the New Jersey uh, section at our place this week, Um, the girls. And the one that struck me was I think she shot – she either shot one over or one under. One of my outside guys – Happened to ask her. I guess she's going to Harvard. Okay. <laughs> so made the question or asked the question. He said, Well, how'd you do? And she goes, Well, you know, I did this. And she's very humble. And they've and and the the outside staff member was an older guy who's you know fascinated by obviously good players and said, Well, what's the best you ever shot? She goes, Uh, 62. There you go. <laughs> she's 16, a good player. 16, 17 years old. Yeah, 62. And she's wicked smart. And she's wicked smart because she's going to Harvard. <laughs> Up in Boston. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's so different. It's, uh, well, that's what I'm going to interrupt one because this was my other point I was going to is uh, Billy Hurley. So when I was at Goose, you know, when we first met each other, Bobby, yeah, you know, Billy, Billy played Goose. He grew up there in Leesburg, Virginia. And when we had him on the show, I, th- I don't know, last year or so. He had a great insight. He's like, you know, Alan, I think it's the, I think it's the manifestation of Tiger, and the good athletes just they're they're coming to golf earlier in their lives, and they're not just running around playing soccer or playing football or playing baseball. They're they're like, hey, and and yeah, honestly, maybe it's the helicopter moms and dads that are out there and saying, well, we don't want to see uh, our little precious child get hurt, take have their knees taken out on a football field. Right. Or my ankle on a soccer field. Um, because I'm built for speed, Andy. And um <laughs> with a silky voice. <laughs> with a silky voice. But um, yeah, I mean athletes are playing the game now and they're really good. But um oh yeah, I remember in the early nineties, uh, when I was at River Run in Ocean City, Gary Player came in, he designed the course, he'd come in for business. He was talking to everybody one day and he goes, mark my words in so many years, a Michael Jordan physical specimen, tall athletic person's going to come into golf and that's where golf's going to go. I mean, Gary was talking about that 1993, four, five, somewhere in there. So yeah, absolutely. The And you know, talk about the ball in the club and this and that, but I don't think enough has been paid attention to the, really the physical specimens the tour players are, the fitness and nutrition the speed that they generate. I mean, it's just incredible. And the approach, right? The approach that they take, um, the way they swing the golf club is entirely different than it used to. It used to be everyone would marvel at the guy with the smoothest swing. That's not the case anymore. No. Right. No, it's the, it's, it's the guy who takes the uh, biggest cut at it and and I'll actually transition to that. I'll tell you who, where guys are taking some cuts at it is right up the road from me at the USAM. And uh, I, I, I actually 
indirectly know a couple of the guy, a couple of the players that actually made the uh, the three hundred two to Alcoa, where they played the one one round, and then obviously Ridgewood, where they're playing the actual event itself. Those are some really hard golf courses. Yeah, yeah. It, I, I mean, the score to get in, there's a playoff at five over, so you know that that those were two hard tracks. I think it was twenty two for sixteen, wasn't it, or some crazy number like that? I think it was eleven for fifteen. Okay, yeah, I knew it was it was for eleven. I mean, yeah, it was it was a, it was nuts. And actually, I believe the two the two uh, we're recording uh, Wednesday. First rounds of the field of 64 took place. I was laying in the big beanbag chair while doing some work on the computer, watching the co-medalists are both gone. Yeah. Wow. I, I mean, that's that's mind-boggling. Yeah. And the and the and the current NCAA champion, Sergeant, who should have won his match three or four times, gone. So if if you look, if you look at like for example, just the NCAA tournament, right? Basketball. You can pretty much know who the final eight teams are going to be. Yeah, but relatively speaking. But yeah, you have no clue who the final eight in the USAM are going to be. No Andy, clue. Andy, I, I, there's a there's a guy, and he didn't. I didn't get his name, but he's got a really good golf bro shirt on, similar to my golf bro shirt I wore at uh, Lulu. And he was number, he's 34 years old from, I believe, Oregon. And he just took out, uh, who's the one with TH to Jobin? How do you, I don't even know how to pronounce that. Yeah. The, the, the really, really good amateur that's played on the Curtis Cup teams and everything else. He just took him out. I saw this uh, stat recently, or just maybe yesterday, um, as far as the U.S. amateur and the disparity between the amateur champion and the runner up on wins on the PGA Tour, money won. And you have to take out Phil and Tiger because it skewers it, obviously. But even when you take those two out, it's, I think it was an over double. So that, you know, this is a test of golf. It's a test of certainly hitting the ball well, test of mind over matter. Um, so whoever wins on, on track on the last 30 years or so, something like, yeah, about 30 years, the U.S. Amateur champion, you can, I don't know, you can bank on they're going to have a pretty good career, at least. Um, like Patrick Handley came in second. He, he was a runner-up. There's a couple that were runner-up. Uh, but they, you know, still going to have um, – on 30-year on average, the champion is just going to do – whoever wins this year, you can bank on having a pretty good career. Yes, but this is my perfect opportunity for hashtag where's Ogletree. There we go. Because <laughs> yep. that kid – put on a performance at Pinehurst yep. got injured, made the jump to live. And the last we saw of him, he's playing in the Colorado open. This kid's still a stick made yep. his 120 at, over in England, but Greg kicked him to the curb. You know what could help him Alan? What's that? Um, perfect segue uh, using complete synthetic turf. <laughs> uh, of course. Or, of course. Could, you know, one of our, new sponsor so we got to put a plug complete synthetic turf complete synthetic turf.com uh perfect for the putting at home no no job is too big they've done forty-three thousand square foot synthetic putting green and they can do something small in the backyard to help the players out there that need help with their putting and if you have a dog it's fantastic to help with the 
for the dogs out there, easy to clean. So uh, we thank our friends at CompleteSyntheticTurf.com. Oh, shit. Really? Perfect. <laughs> Did you just say it's good for the dog? <laughs> it is good for the dog. Easy to clean. Well, all right. I got to so, so on the where's Ogletree thing? Yeah. So first round winner in the U.S. Amateur, David Pooge, also a player in the first live event. Mm-hmm. Gone. No, he won the first the first round of the USAM today. Oh. Oh, okay. Yeah, how how things have changed. <laughs> okay. So the other thing that's going on, we 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 zipped into Wilmington to talk about the players only, but there is other things that are taking place at the BMW as it relates to um some significance. And that is, and I'm interested in getting your your opinion. The top six are locked in uh, for the President's Cup team after the BMW. So, Bobby, let me give you who you got. You got Scheffler, Cantlay, Burns, um, Xander, JT, and Tony Fee now, because Tony always shows up lately in the uh, playoffs. And then your next seven, six are all pre- uh, captain's picks, Willie Z. Jordan, Morikawa, Homa, Horschel, Young. And then, honestly, the only two that I think can open up some debate uh, beyond 12 is maybe Kisner and Tringali. Any opinions? Any thoughts? I think that seems pretty cut and dry. I, I think this could be the easiest President's Cup selection ever. Yeah. Where's Patrick Reed? No. Oh. <laughs> He's busy. Um, courtroom? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Forgot. Yeah. Obviously, you're referencing the fact that uh, Patrick Reed, in addition to the other lawsuits, has now filed a defamation lawsuit against... Um, the Golf Channel, and specifically Brandel Chambly, due to how he, he has ruined his career and basically made him out to be a villain. Villain. I'm pretty sure Patrick was a villain before he went to live. We don't want to. We 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 cannot say or deny because we don't want to get caught up in the lawsuit, Andy. I'm I'm volunteering to be caught up in the lawsuit. Um, the views of Andy Hyde aren't are only his own, and. <laughs> I can share a story. The first year we ran the drive chipper putt finals at Augusta National. Yeah, please, please save us. <laughs> we we're, we're on site. I'm there, and it's the uh, Saturday. It might actually it might have been Friday, and we get in there working with the Golf Channel. We're working with the the team at Augusta National, and there's this golfer walking across the tournament players area that they call. You know, it's not the driving range; it's tournament players area, and. Uh, I turned to um, JJ Weaver, the head pro at Augusta National. I said, you know, is that a member? Who was that? He said, no, it's one of the tour players, Patrick Reed. And I said, who the heck is Patrick Reed? <laughs> and he said, oh, he just showed up and he qualified for the tournament and he had his wife with him caddying. And it was a brief encounter, but he was very pleasant. He was very nice. And I was thinking, wow, that's, I wonder if there's, you know, wasn't looking to, to uh, draw too much conclusion, but I thought, Wow, that'd be neat if uh, he becomes a golfer of note because I met him. <laughs> I guess he has. 
<laughs> he is a golfer of note. He is a golfer of note from and, and played at Augusta, and played at Augusta State, by the way, I believe, right? Oh yeah. He was very pleasant. He asked a few couple of questions. Um, I thought it seems like a nice guy. <laughs> hey, Captain America. And social media has now dubbed him Captain Saudi. Yeah. Too bad he was uh, solid on those Ryder Cup teams. He he thrived in that atmosphere. He, he really, yeah, really did. So, uh, Andy, slowly winding our way to the 18th. Got any thoughts? Oh, goodness. Well, I, I want to make sure that our esteemed panel guest who wasn't able to make it today got his don't be that guy put in for the show and brendan elliott's don't be that guy scenario is more of a literal version of don't be that guy and it's don't be patrick reed <laughs> don't be patrick so, reed <laughs> so he's taking it to the very literal sense um so yeah my uh my final thought is you know, I, I just I think it's it's exciting that that the BMWs this week and you know Atlanta's next week. I think it'll be good to get all that over with. It'll be good to get some of this live stuff fleshed out, and we can move on and talk about some other things. Bobby, yeah, I get two. First off, uh, the New England Patriots will be very fine without an offensive coordinator. Everybody, relax, take a deep breath. There we go. Um, uh, but the second one is, uh, yeah, I've been out to play a little more lately, um, looking around and, and seeing stuff. And um, it's a very real uh, dilemma with um, the heat and what's happening with golf and water usage and this and that. But I, I do find it interesting that when people I know, and I've been in Scotland and I think Andy, you've been over there and we, you know, you go over and you see the conditions and, oh, this is, cool this is fun this is yeah this is this is old school golf and it's brown and it's firm and in america it's got to be lush and green and it is a uh, it's a real issue that going forward um and the usga has been doing a good job about that the you know brown is a new green and uh, i've been playing a couple of courses lately and it's it's looking a little um a little brown on the edges and but the ball rolls out still have a good lie it doesn't have to be luscious green to be a good golf course, good design, hit a good shot. Uh, so everybody has to think about that going forward with uh, what's happening with climate in America. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm going to actually probably do a ball drop here on 18 to save mine for a second because I actually want to comment on that, okay? So as you know, we were up playing uh, – I, I went up and played an Andrews member guest, and the course that he's a member at does not have fairway irrigation. I know, folks, there are a lot of golf courses out there that actually do not have irrigation. It's what I call the Augusta complex. Everybody needs to realize that Augusta is its own little world. But it was fascinating because obviously it was burnout with the drought on the East Coast this year to have to play different shots. But here's what's interesting. and I'm interested in you, both of your opinion. I'd be even more interested if we get some comments um, if I, with our, uh, architect section coming up here in a couple of weeks, uh, maybe even next week. Um, I think the challenge that I saw was trying to play the shots into the greens 
And I could picture the shot on their third hole, which is an elevated green off of a half-baked fairway. Because the architecture of America with tucked behind bunkers and what have you does not lend itself to that. Yeah. What say you, Mr. Hydorn? Yeah, I mean, uh, it, it definitely is a new challenge. I was just up in uh, Haverhill, Mass. this past weekend playing in my brother's member guest. And they, you know, they're they're irrigated in the fairway and greens. But, you know, all of the, the rough areas are all burnt out. But just cooked, right. right. I mean, yeah. yeah, totally cooked. And there are challenges with, with hitting, you know, solid shots off of basically the ground. Um, and you got to get the ball in the air and you <laughs> it's a challenge for sure well, bobby bobby you you remember and rest in peace mike Wynn, who i actually used to work for there in the mid-atlantic i mean i was up on the range one day and he's dropping balls down on the hard pan saying telling me you got to learn to hit off of the hard pan so you learn to hit down through the shot oh yeah i mean there's some merit to hitting off of hard pan <laughs> well i remember vj singh used to hit shots out of bunkers to work on his footwork and hitting, striking the ball. There's mm -hmm. no, you got to hit a pure out of the bunker, obviously for fairway bunker shot, but yeah. Right. But I, so I'm, I'm going to be interested. We're, we're trying to get our good friend, Stephen K who uh, is right here in the Atlantic city area. Um, he's been, he's actually got a couple of new courses uh, in, in the work. So we're trying to get him. And I know Brendan's been doing some stuff with, with architecture. That's actually a great, conversation point is the challenges facing golf courses in the future with water restrictions because they're coming and they're coming at them hard. Yeah. I know, yeah. Den I know Denver cause I'm actually working on a course in Colorado right now. Denver, the Denver area is basically shutting down water usage for, for golf courses. Here's an interesting thing. Um, I remember growing up in New England, you used to play courses different in April, May when it came out of the, the winter, remember Andy and, and, and Alan, it's the, it's more lush. And then as it got to June, July, July and August, you played golf courses in New England and it was different. And I used to see guys that had more upright swing do better in the spring than do better in the summertime. And guys that you know, would have different ball flights would do better in the spring than the fall or, or uh, summer. So I, it just fascinates me. Absolutely. All right, I didn't mean to take us down a whole road, but I, I love the comment, Bobby. And I've got actually a two-part uh, closing thought here. One is I'm actually ahead, I'm going to be ahead a week on this statement, but I'm so excited about this because she's one of my favorite players, and I think she's so good for the LPGA. Danielle Kang will be coming back to competitive golf um, following a health scare with a tumor that they found on her spine. She'll be returning to action next week in Canada. And I can, you know, only wish her well. Uh, know her indirectly through a friend. And, uh, I mean, she's she's so good for the LPGA. That's um, great news. And then, of course, Christian's coming this Saturday. Not bringing any clubs. Going to borrow some sticks. Going to do a Bobby rules and bring probably a seven iron out there. I can't wait to report. I will document it, Andy. I will. I will follow around. I'll be that guy in in. Uh, uh, I'll, you know what? I'm going to be that guy that's going to pop up and go. You suck. <laughs> <laughs> you suck. And on that note, Christian, hit it long and straight because I'm going to be heckling you. <laughs> Tell them mashed potatoes.
<laughs> you only have one opportunity to sell your golf property. Shouldn't you partner with an expert that offers you 30 plus years of golf industry experience combined with the reach of a global leader in real estate? Collier's International Golf Brokerage and Advisory Services understands your unique business needs. Whether it is brokerage, management, and consulting, be reassured that the market leader in the business of golf is providing you the real answers and practical solutions you deserve. Contact Golf Talk Live co-host and Collier's Golf Advisory Services member, Alan Depew today at 717-554-8519. That's 717-554-8519.